using GPL. Hello. Oh. Hello. Hey. Can you hear me okay? Nice to meet you, nice to meet you yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the way. Well, no. Jack. Jamie's not going to call in because he said um, he'd rather we just got it underway and him calling in he thinks will be a distraction, which kind of sucks. Okay. Which kind of sucks because I, yeah. I wanted to hear you two talk. I wanted him to ask you some things as well, but, you know, he's not yeah. coming to the party. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, you know, it's sorry to hear that. You know, I wish you was here too. You know, put me at ease a little bit, but... I know you'll, you'll be able to do that, so. Well, let's, let's hope so. I'm not scary, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's always nervous, nervous, uh, a nervous wreck when uh, you're doing something that you feel is important, you know. Oh, for sure. Um, welcome to Prison Talk with Jamie Mead and Emma Charleston. Jamie's not here, unfortunately, um, but I'm talking to. Now, I'm going to call you Pito. Um, but. Okay. But your but your name is now. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly. Rana Rodriguez, is that right? So no, it's uh, Renee Rodriguez. Do you know what Renee? That is what I told yeah. Jamie, and he told me that is not how you pronounce it. He he is a no, bastard. No, yeah, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it's Renee. Yeah, you was right. I was. Oh. Renee. That man is going to yeah. get it when I talk to him next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so we're, first of all, I suppose, the first question I'm going to ask you, because we'll just might as well just get straight into it. And the first question I'm going to ask you is, what led you to be into prison today? Now, I obviously, I've read um, your bio on the website, uh, viewsonlife.org. Um, but why are you in prison creating a newsletter and not outside of it? Well, that's, that's a good question. And, uh, you know, um, it's really not an easy one to answer, only because there are several elements that led me down a path of incarceration, right? You know, I was a troubled youth yeah. with uh, a fixed mindset, right? Yeah. Yeah. At the age of seven, I learned um, 
less my first lessons of violence. You know, this was uh you know, this was a consistent um thing with my father and me, you know. Yeah. I, you know, in his mind he thought that he was doing me um, you know, some good. He was know? making you tough and sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and in reality it didn't. You know, all it did was make me feel ashamed of myself, right? Yeah. I was angry, you know. And you know, um you know, I, I was confused, you know, and, and it's it's like, you know, I, I didn't know uh what was going on other than the physical abuse, right? Yeah. And so this this these lessons of violence that I learned from my father, you know, kinda um was reinforced by my neighborhood. You know, yeah. my neighborhood was very violent, you know, yeah. and so due to my parents' uh drug use, you know, we were often left alone and unsupervised. And yeah. so you know, naturally, I, I gravitated to the streets. Yeah. And so, you know, at an early age of seven, eight years old, you know, I started to, you know, see more violence. I started to see, I started to witness, you know, um, gang violence. I started to see shootouts, you know. Yeah. And these are normal things that adults should never see, <laughs> let alone a kid. Yes. You know? So, <laughs> you know, you know, at a, at a young age, at a young, with a young mind, witnessing these things, on the reinforced that, you know, you know, this is what life really about. Yeah. You know? That that's how I was soaking this information in and thinking like, you know, this is what my life is about. You know, there's nothing more than that. And so that created a fixed mindset in my mind, like this is it. There's nothing I can do about my situation. You know, um, you know, I got um drug addicted parents, you know, we were poor. Yeah. Uh, we had any food, anything, you know. Yeah. My parents never nurtured uh, education, so we didn't, you know, we didn't go to school, you know. Yeah. And then, um, you know, hanging out in the, in the streets and learning the street culture and, and, and the criminal aspects of things was my my upbringing. And, so and, and, saturated with and it would be, it was normal to you too, like it, I would imagine. Yes, yes, it became normal, you know. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I believe that that was my life, you know, that this is what life is about, you know. Yeah. I didn't have, like, you know, um, role models. You know, the role models was yeah. what I seen in the streets and, 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 and what I witnessed at home, right? Like, yeah. some of my role models. And it, it was a toxic uh, environment, you know. It was very toxic. So, yeah. you know, um. Growing up, when I hit my young teenager years, you know, I started to, uh, you know, I started to smoke weed, get high, right? Yeah. And that only kind of exacerbated the situation. Yeah. And then I started getting involved in drugs, drug sale, criminal activity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my life started really spiraling out of control. My father ended up going to prison, mm. right? Yeah. Kind of kind of um, fractured the family, even though it was an unhealthy environment. Mm. It still fractured the family. You know, yeah. my sister went off to yeah. live with one aunt, and then I went with another, you know. And so, yeah, you know, just, you know, one thing led to another, and I found myself, you know, getting in trouble with the law, you know, in and out of juvenile detention. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it culminated in, you know, me taking the life of a, of a young man. Yeah. Which, you know, ultimately led me to a life without parole sentence yeah. at the age of 19. So. Yeah. And that, 
obviously is something that uh, has affected your entire existence and many others as well, obviously. Um, it's, it's something that um, I sort of find when I, you know, I'm so used to people saying, you know, words like this to me now that I don't bat an eyelid, but um, it's a very, very big thing, that. Very big thing. Yeah. Mm. How, how, so we'll jump forward. We'll jump forward to, to okay. now. How, how are you with that knowledge now? I mean, you don't have to go on, you know, on too much about it, but yeah. is that something that um, you still deal with every single day? Is that something that's still, you know, a huge thing yeah. in your life every day? Absolutely, absolutely. It weighs heavily in my heart, right? Mm. I mean, you know, when you come to terms uh, with what you did, right, like, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, right? Mm. Uh, you know, I, I see the impact yeah. of, of, of it, right, like the suffering. You know, I can imagine the, the, the family of the young man um, suffering as a result of what I did, you know, mm. the, the community and, and, and also my family, right? Like when I talk to them, I, I feel their pain and their hurt, yeah. you know, and so it weighs heavily on me, right? And, yeah. and you know, and it's something, you know, like I, sh I strive to try to make right, even though I I cannot, I cannot bring this person back, right? No. I can't, you know, if I could go back in time, what I know now, I just, yeah. I definitely would do things differently. Like, I wouldn't do what I did, right? Yeah. But I was, you know, I was lost, you know, and, 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 and out of my mind. But now I do realize, you yeah. know, the impact, the significance of what I've done. And, it's, and, it, and it does weigh heavy in mm. my heart. Like, you know, there's not a day that, that goes by that I don't think about it, you know? Yeah. And at times, you know, it almost, you know, I, I, I you know, in, in the solitude of my room, you know, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I sometimes come into tears thinking about it. Man, yeah. Because that's how much, um, you know, I regret yeah. and, and truly remorseful for what I did, you know. Has it, has it, is it in some way that sort of trying to make up for it, is that kind of part of what's inspired you? to sort of, you know, create views on Life This Newsletter because I really like the idea of it and I'm really looking forward to following it and watching it grow and I do think it will grow. Um, what I like about it is it focuses specifically on the people serving life, giving them a voice. I really like that because I think a lot of us out here, I know for myself, and I probably can't and shouldn't speak for anybody else, but I know for myself out here in, you know, society, you automatically have this very negative view of anybody in prison. You know, you, you don't sort of get yeah. a positive viewpoint at all. Everyone's there, you know, oh, well, you know, I mean, so I've heard some people, I've spoken to some people about, you know, some very terrible things happening to people in prison and their response quite often is, oh, well, you know, well, well, they shouldn't have done whatever they did. So, um, yeah. I, so that's why I think this, this newsletter is really great to, to give these people voices because when you speak to people and they become more than what you know of them, whether it's their, their you know, their life sentence or their actions and you learn about the person, yeah. it's very difficult to sit there and yeah. say, oh, well, that's, you know, that's what happens. So is that part of what's inspired you to, to create this newsletter? Absolutely. You know, um, you know, we, you know, one thing, um, you know, most of us are we always reminded by the last things that we've done in society, which is our criminal 
um, yes. offense, right? Yeah. And so that's the last impression um, members of society kind of see, you know? Yeah. And, and, and for a lot of people, right, yeah. um, you know, such such situations were situational, right? Like they weren't intentional. Like this is not something they woke up and said, this is what I'm going to do. It ends up happening, yes. right? And so that is their last impression that most people of society remember these individuals. And so my, my intent is to try to change the perception, show, you know, hey, there's another side, there's another there's another side to this, right? Yeah. There are individuals in, in here who have been incarcerated for for decades mm. who are trying to make things right. You know, they're doing it by first uh, working on themselves, you know, taking responsibility for their offense, mm. right? Acknowledging that what they did was wrong yeah. and trying to make amends for it and and, and trying to uh, um, make that right, right? Yeah. And so uh, I think that... Uh, uh, it's not, it's not, uh, people don't know this. Members of the side don't see this. No. Right? And, I, and I feel like by creating views on life, it, it's the, the, the goal is to kind of bring lifers out of the, out of the shadows, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah. and, and show society, hey, this is how we think. You know, this is how we think about certain things. This is some of the things that we're engaging in, you know? Yeah. Um, these are some of the things we're struggling with, you know? Mm. Try to you know, show uh, uh, the humanity side of these individuals have, who have committed these offenses decades ago but have repented, right? Have, yeah. You know, amended. You have one minute and, remaining. And so, yeah, that is, you know, I want to provide that platform mm. to show members for themselves. You know, here are their stories, you know. Mm. This is this is who they are, right? And yeah. so uh, I'm hoping to change the, the misperception of, uh, the, uh, of, of, of life, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, and I think it's, even though it's going to hang up, I think it's really a good point to end this particular yep. call on is the fact that, as you say, uh, none of us are the same person we were decades ago. Uh, and if we are, well, we've, you know, all, we've got some problems. Yep. Uh, everyone changes dramatically. Yep. And I think it's very easy to forget that when, you know, you have the, you know, the terrible, the terrible people locked away where they belong, so to speak. So I really like this yep. newsletter idea. And um, you'll call back uh, after she hangs up and yep. we'll keep going. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I'll call right back. So uh, we'll continue the conversation and I look forward to it. Yeah, you good, so, good. Uh, well, I hope I've put you at ease so Thank far. You for you. So where we left off, we were talking about, you know, when none of us are the same as we were decades ago. And in your case, you've been in for 30 years now. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I've been incarcerated for 30 years. Yeah. A, a, a yeah. question I have, which is a side, which is a bit of a yeah. sidetrack, but one that I find very interesting, especially with people that have been in since their teens, how many years, mm -hmm. how many years did it take for you to be in prison to really start to go, you know what, even though I'm going to be in your case, I'm going to be here till I die. Maybe I should start yeah. changing. Maybe I should start doing something with my life. Yeah. Okay, so and in my case, right, I think that 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 that, that period of 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 years kind of happened around my tenth, right? Yeah. My tenth year, I started to uh, say like, you know, I didn't I didn't like because when I entered the prison system, you know, I still had that fixed mindset, right? I yeah. still had that 
that mentality that I didn't care and that I didn't value my life or the, or the life of others, right? Yeah. But I think after 10 years, you know, I, I started to uh, despise the direction my life was going. Yeah. And um, I say at 13, on the 13th year is when I kind of hit, like, rock bottom. You know, yeah. I kind of like, man, you know, um, I was I was in segregation, and I was in there for a long time, right? Yeah. I, was, I mean, I knew I was going to be there for, for quite a time. Yeah. And it was my lowest point, and I, I just, you know, started to kind of dissect, you know, the path that I was heading to and, 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 you know, what did I want, right? Yeah. So I think during that time, I kind of made a commitment. Like, I, I didn't like my life, right? Yeah. And so... I had to choose a, 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 a another option, and, you know. What that option was, I was unclear because, you know, um, at that time I wasn't really pursuing education. I was still, I would say that I was still asleep in, in a yeah. sense of, 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 you know, my mind, right, like educated, you yeah. know. And so um, I knew that I had to, I had to turn things around. I had to, I had to seek something different from the direction that I was going. Yeah. And, I, I find that I find that question I find everyone answers that question very similarly um, and that's why I always ask it. it it's always around the 10 year mark for pe for people that have gone in young I mean I'm not sure I haven't I haven't spoken to many people that have gone in you know over the age of say 27 28 but I, I yeah. find that very interesting and I wonder if it's because of age um, or if it's if it just takes 10 years to realize you know let's stop doing this um, so you mentioned yeah. education, and I really value education. And so I, I can, I understand what you're saying when you, you sort of say about that mindset because education, it allows you to open your mind. And I read in your bio, yeah. uh, in your, yeah, in your personal narrative on the website that you just spent a lot of time just reading books, all sorts of books. You weren't necessarily getting an, a, a formal education at this stage. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I yeah, like I, I was saying, you know, I was unsure on what direction, so um, I just started to read, right? I mm. started to crack open books, and they, and they first began with books that dealt with my, uh, with Puerto Rican, I'm Puerto Rican, right? Yeah. And so uh, I always wondered, you know, what that meant, right? Like, yeah. what, does a, what is a Puerto Rican? Because I had no clue. Yeah. And so I started reading por uh, books about my culture and about, you know, history, and um, I think that was the beginning of me, you know, saying, man, I, I want to learn more, right? Like, yeah. so I started to read about my culture, about Puerto Rico, and, I, and you know, in doing so, I started to learn about other people and other culture, yeah. right, and the struggles of these cultures to, to make a better life. Yeah. And then, you know, in these books, I started to realize, like, you know, everything that I was doing was kind of counterproductive to you know, my ancestors or the people behind me who struggled to make a better life. Would right? you say would you and say so you I gained started, a sense of identity from doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I, I definitely uh, gained a sense of identity of who I was. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 the struggles that the, my my peoples kind of went through yeah. in order, you know, to, to, to make a better life. And here I was destroying that culture, right? Like, you yeah. know, because of my behavior, I was in, I was uh, playing a part in destroying the culture that they were trying to flourish, so yeah. to say, right? Yeah. And so I didn't want that no more, you know? And so I started to embrace 
a lot of moral concepts from these books. You know, yeah. I started to apply them to my life. And, and in doing so, I started to realize that, you know, I started to uh, carry myself differently, right? Mm. I started to talk differently. I started to associate, communicate with people differently, right? Yeah. Um, and that was the beginning stages of my change, you know? And it didn't happen, like, right away, of course, right? No, it took, no. You know, uh, years of nurturing that, right? Yeah. You know, and branching off to other things, you mm. know? But, yeah, I would say that was the beginning is, uh, was cracking the book, <laughs> cracking the book open and, and, and just reading, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I... I uh... I find what I what I find great about that, I suppose, is the fact that um, so many people's minds are opened by you know just by reading about something that they don't know that you can't help but open your mind. So, and I imagine now this yeah. is just me imagining, but I imagine you would have had a fair amount of time to read. It's not as you know, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you'd be able to yeah. really soak it in and think about it, and then obviously yeah. you started to get an education. And what was yeah. the first class that, you know, that you sort of p- took part in and, and actually was, you know, really into, if that is a question that isn't too ridiculous? Yeah. No, no, absolutely. It's a good question. Um, so, uh, okay, so a- after, after just, you know, reading different types of books, right, and getting, you know, uh, learning um, different things, right, uh, I had, you know, you know, I had bounced from facilities facility, so to say. So I, I kind of reached uh, a facility where uh, a group of guys who were like college-educated uh, prisoners yeah. who were like sponsored um, educational programs. They were like more peer-sponsored programs. They were yeah. not credited in yeah. the sense of a college education, but they offered them to guys who perhaps, uh, you know, couldn't afford it yeah. and still wanted to have that kind of experience. Yeah. You know, and, and Jamie... I remember, you know, me and him being in the same facility. He was one of the individuals that uh, that was uh, kind of uh, facilitating um, yeah. these programs. And so he was like, "Hey, you know, we got these, you know, these these classes, these courses, and they might be good." And I'm like, "Man, sign me up! I want to do something." Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so I started engaging in these uh, these these college uh, uh, non-credited college courses, and I found that you know I kind of liked it that you know. Yeah. And, um, of course, that nurtured, you know, the ambition to perhaps, you know, pursue a, a real college education, yeah. you know. Um, the problem with that is that when you pursue a college education, especially, you know, um, when they didn't provide one at that time yeah. for you, right, Yeah. is the, 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 the financial expenses. Yeah. And so for me, that was a, a major roadblock. I, like, I can't afford, yeah. you know, uh, real college courses. But it had a desire to want to, you know. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, the funny thing is, is like perhaps after a couple of years of taking these peer sponsored courses, yeah. uh, you know, Calvin College, you know, through their own uh, uh, back donations from uh, people from society who, who, you know, donated a lot of money in order to provide, they entered the prison system and started to provide uh, a college education, a bachelor's degree. Yeah. Um, for individuals, and so uh, they had a you know a screening process, an application process, yeah. and uh, I went ahead and I filled it out, and I was granted you know yeah. um, not the first year but the second year I you know I applied yeah. and, and and I was granted a scholarship to 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 
uh, to engage in this uh, in this educational program, and uh, and 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 for me, it was it was uh, uh, a life altering experience, you know. Well, I was gonna uh, I was gonna ask you. I was gonna say, how did that? Yeah. How did you feel when you were accepted? Like you know, because. Um, you got the scholarship, so obviously I would. I'm assuming mm -hmm. the idea of a, of a college education was, you know, was fairly distant in your mind without this scholarship. That must, as you said, and then you said it was a, you know, a life altering moment. Uh, do you think? Yeah. Do you think mm -hmm. that if, you know, because you know, obviously not everyone in prison is running around trying to get an education. But do you think if it was mm -hmm. easier to obtain, more people would? Yes, I think they. Um... I definitely, if, if there was access to uh, college education, that more people would uh, engage in it. It's just, it's just that the screening process is so, uh, so high. The bar is so high to get through it, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, it, it kind of discourages people, right? Yeah. It, it says, well, this, you know, if people believe, like, man, there's no way I can get into that, right? Yeah. You know, they're only going to pick 20. I don't have a... Uh, you know, there's no way I could make it, right? Yeah. And so that, you know, that, you know, that self uh, kind of deflates a person. And yeah. so it discourages them, even though in their heart and their mind they want to pursue it. You yeah. Know? It just is so hard. So I think that if there were uh, more college uh, uh, courses that people could, could take, I'm, I'm sure that people would engage in that process. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I'm I'm just wondering, and I'm just guessing here. Um, you, you spoke about uh, there was a, the Calvin Restorative Justice Club or something like that. Yeah. Does that have anything to do with with um, providing a bit of education, or is that is that something different? Okay. So um, it, it was it was it was different, but it was connected to Calvin. So and, and what I mean by that was um, so you know Calvin. Um, um, you know, as a student, you know, they are able to create uh, certain clubs, right? Like yeah. the writing club, right? Yeah. And so they try to mimic the the same experience of of like the main the main students in the main campus, right? Yeah. So they try to mimic that in within this limit within in a, a correction facility, right? Yeah. And so uh, one of the students, Eric Bozadar, who you know, um, was uh, was uh, I would say he was the uh, the person that kind of knocked the first domino to restore to justice. You know, yeah. he was the first one that I would give credit to as far as saying, hey, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, we need to kind of create a club and um, we should call it restore to justice, right? Yeah. And so, you know, um, he got a couple professors to be uh, to kind of. Uh, buy into it, right? Mm -hmm. They they did and said, absolutely, but we want to make sure that the leadership of this Restore to Justice Club was uh, diverse, right? They yeah. wanted a diverse leadership. So I was chosen along with another, so it was three of us, Eric, yeah. myself, and then um, on Jamie, right? And so, uh, not Jamie, me, but another person that yeah. named Jamie. Um, and so we created the club, you know, um, the, the structure of it, and um, and so uh, we invite. It was only uh, uh, for the students, right? We couldn't invite like uh, members of of like the incarcerated individuals, yeah. you know, because they kind of limit that, right? So yeah. Calvin, in a sense, did support the the restorative justice club, 
but only for the students, which yeah. was sad because it was a great club, right? I yeah. mean, I learned so much from it. And so from that club, you know, we engaged in Howard Zer's uh, Restored to Justice Principles and Practices. Like, that was our our go-to book, so to say, right? Yeah. We, we read the book, we studied it, and then we kind of dialogued with each other on how, you know, how that looks from a victim perspective or yeah. how does it look from a community or from the offense, right, yeah. from the, the offender, right? Yeah. And so we dialogued with literature, we learned, we educated ourselves, and um, and it, it, it kind of grew to a point where we started to kind of branch off and think about, you know, maybe... You have this, one minute remaining. Maybe we could take these resources justice practices to the to members of society and show, hey, what are we doing, you know? And yeah. we end up organizing the first Restorative Justice Conference, which was held in, 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 in the world, right? Yeah. And people facilitated, uh, uh, professors that helped nurture that uh, that creativity, that, that ambition, right? Yeah. And uh, we end up, you know, organizing and having um, our first Restorative Justice uh, Conference. And I think, I want to say, We've held now four conferences, right? I was part of three yeah. as a result because I transferred to the facility. But, yeah. you know, the three that I was engaged, you know, was very impactful. You know, we yeah. were able to take our message and our personal testimony to members of society and mm -hmm. say, hey, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're trying to make these right. And this is what, you know, we're engaging in. This is what we're doing. You know? It sort of, it sort of shows, it sort of shows what's possible um, even inside prison with a bit of education and thank you for using GPL. wanting to. I was, oh. <laughs> I was just saying, it sort of shows you an example of what's possible even with inside prison when it comes to education and people that want that want to be educated. It's it's the sort of thing that I think yeah. should be should be spoken about more widely within society because it it does change the perception of of people. Yeah. Um, and obviously, yeah. and obviously, that's a really great thing. I was going to get back onto the newsletter for a minute. How hard oh. is that? Because I, I work with Jamie with the NLA website and things like that. And there's a he does a lot of work. Yeah. And I would imagine you would be doing a lot of work. You know, the simplest thing must be ten times more difficult yeah. for you. How hard is it to to organize yeah. that? very difficult right it's not easy mm. um you know i you know first i have to you know when, when people know about it they they are often eager to uh want to write right yeah like, oh man i want to write and so i i i encourage that right hey yeah. speak mind you know perhaps talk about this subject right talk yeah. about um restorative justice or talk about you know um something right mm. and so uh they are you know excited to do it and then when they try to engage in the process they find that uh it's, it's a little more difficult to sit down and write right like yeah. you can you know you could probably write uh some quick thoughts but then to kind of mm. write it in such a way that you know have a message right there's a, there's a message it's an intention uh this there's something behind your your your, your writing and often um, it, they, they fall short, yeah. And so uh, I think that that is probably the one of the hardest things to get um, guys to kind of write, you know. And sometimes I take time to help 
to develop that, right? Yeah. Which well, I mean, a lot, you, a lot of time. It's something you have yeah. to. It's something you can't just do straight away. You have to. I mean, I like to write too, so it's it's a process. Yeah. You can't just pick up a pen after yeah. never writing and just magically be a fantastic yeah. writer. That's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's one of the hardest things. And also, you know, um, you know, I, I'm, I, fortunately, I have, uh, uh, you know, my family who, you know, they are instrumental in making this possible for yeah. me. You know, I mean, like without them, you know, it, it, this wouldn't be possible. So I have to give credit to them because they support me in such a way that they nurture you know my ideas right yeah so when i brought the idea and say hey you know i'm thinking about you know wanting to create this yeah and this you know this is some of the hiccups i see right this is some of the things uh i might have a hard time is there any way you guys could probably help me you know and, yeah. and absolutely we brainstormed and we came up with a few time ideas and and sure enough, we made this possible. So, yeah. you know, without them, without that support from society, right, Yeah, it's crucial. And so yes. I, I would say that, you know, they're the foundation of my, of my, you know, of my desire to put our voice out there. And so, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we go through a lot, right? We, <laughs> you know, I, I, I get the, the, the motivated people to write, you know, people to commit. Yeah. And then, you know, we send the articles out there and then my my family takes that and they and they work their magic and, and then, you know, they put it together and yeah. and so uh we're able to do that. But that process is very difficult, you oh, know. Oh yeah. And you know and and, one, it must be you know, frustrating. Wow. It must be frustrating too, in a in a way. You know, you know what you want to do and, and mm -hmm. you're able to do it but you can't and you need to rely on somebody else to help you. I think that's um, a, yeah. another sidetrack coming up, but I think that just go, that's, an, that's another yep. example of how important it is to, and how lucky people with family support or outside support are. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They're very instrumental in that. I mean, without, without outside support, right. It, it's so difficult here to try to, uh, you know, do something um, positive you know, in, in a sense of something like that, the newspaper, yeah. the newsletter trying to, you know, uh, show a different side to lifers, right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, having having that support in society, you know, from, from people in the world is, is vital, you know, mm. that connection is vital, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, thankfully I, I'm fortunate to have, you know, uh, family and friends that, you know, uh, that I've, you know, the relationship that I've, nurture and develop throughout the years mm. there for me you know yeah because uh without that i you know it will be much 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 harder for yeah. me to do the things that do i do you do you think do you think you could do it without inside uh, outside help i mean maybe not maybe <laughs> well, not have it look as awesome as uh, your, uh your family has it yeah. i mean i that yeah. i really i really like that newsletter i'm i'm like woohoo Go views on life. I love the I, I love the idea behind it. I think that's really important because I'm big on people and their stories. Yeah. You know, I, I think you, you learn yeah. so much from people and about the world and about society and about yourself from people's stories. Yeah. Um so that's what I really I yeah. really love that idea. I think it's great. There wasn't I started that with a question, but I forgot what it was. So you just keep talking. <laughs> okay, so 
without the, I would say that you know, without you know, without that support, whether this would be possible. I think that's the question you was trying mm. to get to, and I would say that you know, I, you know, for for many years I have developed growth mindset, right? Yeah. And so I no longer look at uh, like I, I look at my environment. And I say, okay, I, I am incarcerated, right? Yeah. But I still have meaning and purpose to my life. Mm. And what do I want to do with that? Mm. And so. So if I had, if I didn't have the uh, the support to make the newspaper, the newsletter as what it is now, mm. I still think that I would have nurtured that that desire, right? The yeah. desire to to give people a platform, and and maybe it wouldn't be as sophisticated as it is now. Mm. But yet I think that you know um, you I still, still would have, uh, you know, yeah, I would have put the effort and all the energy to make this possible because uh, I I felt that this was important. Yeah. Um, to share, you know, I want I want members of society to see, you know, hey, this is a different, um, you know, this is a different light. Look at what, you know, these lifers are doing, you mm. know, and I wanted to kind of show that, you know, yeah, and, and show that through people's stories and narratives, and mm. et cetera. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think that's the way to go. I also liked that recipe. There was a, I think it was the second issue. There was a recipe in there, and I'm, I'm going to try that. I haven't done it yet, but I, I really liked that yeah. because, I mean, it's, it's just a recipe. But I was like, I, because you don't sort of, you, you don't. Well, I don't sort of sit around thinking, oh, gee, you know, what do they eat? You know what I mean? So, yeah. and, and the idea of recipes was really, I was like, oh, of course. I mean, that's how, that's how. Um, sort of in the shadows, as you said, you know, the stories and the lives of people serving life, well, anyone in prison, but especially serving life, just something as yeah. simple as that is sort of like a, you know, an amazing piece of information to some, <laughs> maybe just me, but <laughs> so I, and that yeah. makes it even more no, human, no. you know, oh, wow, these guys are making up recipes yeah. with chocolate, you know, chocolate cupcakes or something, you know, you don't, that's not something you would think of. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, mm. and that's that's the point, you know, to show that humanity, right? Like, yeah. listen, you know, these, you know, we're not, you know, we watch, we often watch movies and, and TV shows that kind of display a negative uh, light on incarcerated individuals, like the movie Con Air with you, Nicolas Cage. I right? read that. I really and, liked that movie. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But but people buy into the narrative yes. that you know um, these 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 murderers these people mm. who are doing life sentence that they're sitting in prison glorifying yeah. their offense and their criminal and that's totally opposite yeah. of what's real because that's not happening here no you no know, there are, most people are really uh, you know are dealing with you know, what they've done and are trying to make things right as best as they can under yeah. the circumstances, right? Yeah. Because, you know, reality, you know, the MDO, the, the, the Department of Corrections doesn't nurture true rehabilitation, right? You kind of kind of fight for that, yeah. you know? And so... Yeah. In fact, that's something, yeah. that's something that I was very surprised by. I mean, I suppose I should tell you, I, I started uh, writing to a guy... Um, his sister gave me his address because I, I just wanted a pen pal and I was quite naive and stupid thinking, oh, poor people in prison, you know, they've got no one to talk to, you know. And I chose America because I thought I don't want them to, you know, but I, and I thought, oh, I don't want them to get out and come and kill me. You know, I still had that sort of, yeah. you know, mentality. 
Yeah. And then I managed to, to I managed to meet Jamie and a few other people, and I was to begin with very surprised at um, yeah, I was very surprised, and I was very surprised at the Department of Corrections because I honestly did believe that sort of that sort of ridiculous lie that you you sort of believe in society, which is they're horrible people and they're behind there, but they're still being treated all right. Um, you know, the department's doing, you know, d yeah. doing their best with the worst of society sort of thing. And that's not the case in my experience at all. I think it's the complete opposite, actually. No. I think it's amazing that anyone manages to yeah. to live, be in that environment and not be a terrible criminal, you know, with a terrible mindset and hate everything and everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That was the biggest surprise for me. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it, it is, uh, it's sad, you know, because, you know, uh, most of the people in here are going to return back to society. Yeah. And so, you yeah. know, what do you want these these individuals to be? You know, Do you want them to be better off, you know, to yeah. be a productive member of society, or do you want them worse off, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I would say, you know, you want them better off, right? You because would, you would think so. They're going to be your neighbors, right? Yeah. Well, just yeah, the, just you, the psychological, yeah, so. just the psychological trauma of witnessing some of the stuff or, or experiencing some of the stuff, you wouldn't necessarily mm -hmm. want to put people that are, you know, suffering from what do they call it with the soldiers? Yeah. Post traumatic, you know, and then they're out in society, you yeah, know, yeah, flipping out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not a very Absolutely. well thought out yeah, yeah. thing, really. I don't think, but I mean, that's not the view you have no. of of that sort of thing in any country, I don't think. You know, you don't really realise that sort of thing. The people they're letting out, I read somewhere, yeah. the recidivism rate is like 27%, whereas I think lifers or anyone who's spent a really yeah. long time in prison, I think, you know, the chances of them even so much as getting a parker ticket is like zero. You know, I, I would be more of a criminal than a, than a lifer who was let out sort of thing, <laughs> which is a bit scary. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's not something yeah. you think of. Understand. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I always like it when that. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say oh, I always boy, like it when that viewpoint is is shown through the people I talk to. You know, everyone sort of proves proves it right that you know if you want to do it, you can, and you're doing it. You're doing it in spite of your yeah. surroundings and the pe You know, you're doing it in spite yeah. of everything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, you know, it's always, you know, it's in the, it's in your, you know, people, not like from in my instance, it's in my heart, right? Yeah. And so I, I can't allow my, uh, my circumstances to stop me from growing, mm. you know, mentally, physically, and spiritually, right? Like mm. I have to, you know, in order to stay sound in an environment that could often be toxic, right? Mm. That, that, that I'm grounded, you know, and, mm. and, 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 and that. You know, education for me is that it's that linchpin that mm. keeps me grounded. You know, along with the support of my family and friends mm. and people who nurture. You know, um, um, you know, prison reform, right? Because yeah. I believe that you know things need to change and they need to change for the better, right? Mm. We all need to be held accountable, but at the same time, we need to help people mm. not only hold themselves accountable but to change their ways yeah. and the only way you're going to do that is through education mm. and not just any education a well thought out education mm. you know so yeah. yeah like from the from the inner core of the being out you have sort of thing one minute remaining wow 
time flies so bad. It so does, bad. doesn't it? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Emma, uh, you know, I, I do appreciate, uh, you know, um, you know, you allow you and Jamie allow me to come on print talk. You know, I, I am humbled by this experience. You know, and oh, I, I, I thank you, know, you for coming. Thank you. So Hopefully, much. you'll come and talk. You'll come yeah. and talk again, and Jamie will be able to participate. Absolutely. Anytime you uh, you, you you want to invite me as a guest, I, I look forward to it. Just let me know, and I definitely will be there. You know, uh, I yeah. do truly appreciate you know um, you sharing light um, views on life, right? Yeah. Uh, I hope that people would read it. You know, um, and of course, you know they want to learn about me. They they can uh, you know go to uh, my website. You know, viewsonlife.org. You know, and so yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, um, people learn, and you know, a little more, right? Yeah, yeah. They learn through, through the story. Everyone Thank can Thank you for learn. using GTL. Well, that was Peter. Thank you, Peter.